I'm Anya, and I spent decades compartmentalizing and suppressing the different parts of myself. I woke up at age 40 exhausted, confused, and completely out of alignment. These days, I am definitely not your run-of-the-mill bored housewife. So if you are tired of the shame narrative around sex and pleasure, and you're ready to be all facets of yourself, let's create sexual alchemy. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for showing up for yet another week of sexual alchemy. And before we dive into today's conversation with our wonderful guest, I wanted to throw a quick plug out there for a week that is coming up later in January, January 25 to 31, where we are going to be talking about the cuckolding lifestyle. This is turning into quite a little movement. We are calling it Cuck Week, and it's not something that I am putting on. This has been the brainchild of some other much more illustrious folks than myself, but we are a community of people, including sex researchers, sex psychologists, authors, bloggers, podcasters, and much more of folks who want to shed some light on and have great conversation around a very misconstrued and misunderstood lifestyle choice or orientation as my cuck E and I like to call it. And so cuck week it is. We're going to have lots of chats on the Moan app. We're going to have lots of podcasts dedicated to the conversation and lots of other blog posts and uh, the most amazing book, Insatiable Wives by Dr. David Lay, is going to be released on audio that week. And I believe that I will have some free copies of that audiobook to share with some of my Sexual Alchemy listeners. So stay tuned for more on that. You will see lots and lots about that on Twitter, probably some on Instagram as well. So keep your eyes peeled and just make sure you are following if you desire to educate yourself more and learn more about this. So without further ado, today we are going to be having an amazing conversation with a woman named Lena Wynn. And for those of you who don't know who Lena is, she is a five-time Emmy award-winning journalist that after a 26-year career in the news industry, decided that she wanted to step away and do something really different with her life. And out of that was born the podcast Consenting Adults. And that show focuses on the active private lives of those of us in the 40 and over crowd. And so I had the pleasure of being on Lena's show a few weeks ago. I don't think it's aired yet when I'm recording this, but she and I had an interview. And after we were done, I just thought I'd really love to talk to you because I know you may not want to talk about your own personal and private matters, but you've talked to so many people and blown the lids off of so many folks stories in the lifestyle and beyond. And I just would love to have a conversation about that. So she agreed to come on the show and what follows with, you know, from this conversation here and what follows is a fun and heartfelt conversation with Lena, where I learned that I think that her transformation in 
stepping into the realm of consenting adults is how much her own mind has opened and how much her heart has been touched by so many of the stories that people have been willing to share with her. So sit back and enjoy this conversation with Lena and we'll see you next week. Lena, thank you so much for being here today. You just told me you don't do very many interviews. And so I feel very honored and special that you've agreed to kind of step in and and be a guest on Sexual Alchemy with me. Oh, thanks for having me. You're right. I hate being interviewed. I don't know why. Uh, So let's, let's see how this goes. (laughs) Well, my theory was, you know, when we were talking about this, that as a professional broadcaster, it's probably difficult to be interviewed by other people when they may not have the skills that you've been trained with. So also let's see how this goes. I hope it's okay for you, (laughs) but I am so thrilled. I mean, I, I had the opportunity to speak with you a few weeks ago about my own journey and, and that, that will come out at some point on your show, but I, as somebody who has been navigating the lifestyle myself for three years, I have been fascinated by other people's stories too. And so your show is one that I found pretty early on. And it is interesting because I think you've also noticed that when it comes to your show and the shows that get the most popularity, the most downloads, receive the most listenership, it sounds like there's quite a, quite a tie between what I currently am exploring in my own marriage, which is cuckolding, and some of the episodes that you have that have been quite popular on your show. And so I think it's really interesting where I'd been listening to your show and it wasn't necessarily about cuckolding or hot wifing or anything like that. It was a very broad range of people's experiences, but it sounds like there's kind of a sweet spot where people are really interested in hearing you talk to cuckold couples or hot wife couples. Is, has that been true? Absolutely. So, you know, for the new year, I just did a thing about our top five episodes. And yeah. um, so episode one, which everyone goes back to listen because they enjoy the content and they'll go back to what the first episode was and then mm-hmm. start going through them. So episode one makes sense. Of course, we talked to Tom Likas. So anytime you talk to like a known person, a, a celebrity type, People want to hear about their sex life. Right. But then the rest were cuckolding. So the top every cuckolding episode has gotten a tremendous amount of downloads. Um, And so that was very clear very early on. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that right now, just because I've just released a couple of cuckolding episodes, I am inundated with messages from people all over the world. Mm Mm-hmm saying they're so happy that I'm talking about this, that they find it incredibly intriguing. And then I check out their profile, of course, right? Yeah. People are people are involved in this activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there are a lot of people who are very um, hesitant about labeling themselves as a cuck or a cuckoldress. Mm-hmm. But really, that's what they are. And yeah. they're interested in finding out more about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's interesting too because this show, Sexual Alchemy, is not about cuckolding specifically. Of course, that's my dynamic. And the episode that I just released today was with my husband, and it is a more, it is focused around our dynamic, but what we really are talking about today are difficulties that we've encountered in the lifestyle in terms of our communication, which could go across any number of different, you know, kind of lifestyle 
orientations or containers, whatever you want to say. But when the word cuckolding or cuck or anything like that is in an episode, it's really interesting to see what that does to my number of downloads. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. But yeah, this this show in and of itself is not about that. And I know that today we're not really going to be going into a deep dive in your own exploration in history. But Sexual Alchemy is a show about transformational experiences, people who have learned to embrace their sexual orientation, their sexual containers, their sexual expression, and and the process they've had to go through to kind of de-shame or unshame themselves so that they can live lives where they're free to just be themselves and be out there and be happy with who they are. And so the reason I thought it would be really fascinating to have you on is because you've had so many conversations with so many different people in so many different lanes of the lifestyle. So up front, we're going to go ahead and put it out there. Lena is not in the lifestyle. (laughs) That is not what this episode is going to be about. We're not doing a big expose on her life here. But I do want to talk about your journey, you know, through, you know, your, you had this career, this fascinating 25 plus year career in journalism. And all of a sudden, here you are doing this show, Consenting Adults, focusing on individuals mostly 40 and over who are living their most full sexual expression as out loud as they can in their lives. I mean, obviously, I've talked about this on my show. My name is not Anya in real life. That is my name that I go by in the lifestyle. And there are lots of reasons by which I need to keep certain aspects of my life private, not the least of which are my children who are not, you know, of age yet. And so, you know, people are going through these journeys increasingly in their 40s and 50s. And I'm just super curious, how did you go from this bombshell of a career into focusing on something like this? Well, you know, in listening to you talk about uh, journeys and, and, you know, especially how we've come to where we are today, where we're a little more open about it. I can tell you that coming from a Vietnamese background, okay, say <laughs> so culturally, mm-hmm. like, like we're not supposed to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. We don't have those relationships with our moms where we talk about sexuality growing up. We go mm-hmm. from being the good daughter to why haven't you gotten married yet? Where are my grandkids? There's no in between. Mm-hmm. There's no how do we get there? Yeah. So I grew up in a very strict family. Uh, my dad was military, so it was also very, you know, like discipline. I mean, they're mm-hmm. very, very strict. And because I was in the media... I think we're also expected to be very conservative. Mm. People think people in the media are all liberal. We're not. At the same time, we're expected to act and behave conservatively. Hmm. Because when you see the people on the news, you don't want to think about them having sex. You don't want to <laughs> believe that they get freaky. Yeah, I'm here to tell you. They some do. of the freakiest people <laughs> I know are the mm. people delivering your news every night, right? Yeah. yeah. So how did I get here? I just... You know, I, I quit my job, which was a scary thing to do. Yeah. And I, and then I turned 50 and then I got remarried. So all of these things happened within a year. Okay. Wow. Big, big change. And I knew I was kind of putting myself out there. I had this conversation with a girlfriend. We're just talking about, oh my God, I'm 50, but I feel sexy. And like, this is, God, do you remember when we thought 30 and then 40 was really old? Mm -hmm. I don't feel that way. And then she confided in me that they're swingers. And I was like, what? Here's a person I thought 
I knew. Mm-hmm. And she is so happy. And I was so intrigued about how this person who I thought was very, and, and I say boring, not in a, you know, I'm not, but I really thought she was kind vanilla. of just super <laughs> vanilla. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's like vanilla with like chocolate topping and a bunch of nuts because she and her <laughs> husband have this other secret life that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. And then I talked to more people about it and I was finding out that, oh my gosh, that I'm surrounded by them. Really, people, there are people in the lifestyle, I bet you everybody has probably, you know, been in contact with someone who's in the lifestyle. They just never knew it. Absolutely. I would completely agree yeah, with that. Yeah. And, and that just fascinates me. So, um, so that's how, and I thought, you know what, there are a million podcasts out there, right? So when I started this podcast, I had no idea how many podcasts there are out there on the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the heck the lifestyle was. I'd never heard <laughs> it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I knew that if I was going to do a podcast, that it had to be something that was just more than just me sitting there talking mm-hmm. about issues or there's always something on politics. I'm so sick of politics. Yeah. Uh, and I found something even more controversial. Right? <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I bet so, because as we were talking about before we started, people assume that by the fact that you're doing this show and you have an interest in discussing these people's stories, that of course you're in the lifestyle, which of course we've already said you're not actually, mm-hmm. but what has that done in terms of like, has has your family been like, what are you doing? Why are you talking about this? Or has it been super supportive? Have you have you gotten any like raised eyebrows about well, the topics that you're discussing? Yeah, I was really concerned uh, going into this. Uh, and I thought and I talked to my husband about it. And I just, I didn't want to damage the reputation I had worked so hard to build. You Absolutely. Know, Uh, over two decades. Yeah. And I'm very close to the Vietnamese community. The Vietnamese community is also very conservative and, and very judgmental. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just came to it. And I think that a lot of people in the lifestyle will understand this. You just get to a point in your life where you kind of don't care what people think anymore. And you just want to do something that brings you joy. Yeah. And that's where I was. And but but I was still a little concerned, and I knew I had enough confidence in myself that I knew that it wasn't going to be sleazy, right? Sure. I wasn't doing this just, you know. Trust me, we did sleazier stuff on the news. Yeah. Sweeps. Period comes around. Sex stories, right? Yeah. And it was, you know, it was exploitation. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. What I'm doing is not that. I mean, yeah. it is taboo, and it may be like, oh my gosh, my virgin ears. But it's about communication, it's about relationships and trust and respect. And people who don't take a moment to actually listen will never understand that. Right. So um, I was very surprised that my mom and dad, uh, and I'm still surprised each time I I actually say it, have been supportive. They're like, yeah, it's okay. You know, again, I am 52 now, but I still get like whatever about the word sex coming up. Right. And they're happy that I'm happy. Yeah. And that was a that's a big moment in my life to not be afraid that I don't have my parents' blessing on something, right? Yeah. And I found yeah. out that you know what? They're just happy that I'm happy. That's so, so beautiful. I'm in a good place. That's awesome. I mean, it's one of those things where as you talk about that, I think about my own journey and I think about the path that is set forth, you know, kind of this coming year. 
I'm I'm somebody who I don't really do New Year's resolutions, but I think about okay, what is it that I'm moving toward in my life and being really intentional about it? And I think about the things that I'd like to manifest, and I think about um, where I'd like to be this time next year. And so one of the things that I was talking to my husband about the other day. We were on a cross-country road trip for the holidays, and we had lots of time to talk. And so I was just saying, you know, I think I think I'm really ready this year, in some way, shape, or form, to be more transparent and honest about who I am with my own family and what that looks like. I too grew up in a very conservative, very conservative um, small town in the Midwest, very religious. Um, my family has a history of leadership in this, in, in this very niche church. And it is, it is really interesting to me to think about, okay, how can I talk about this shift in my life that I'm experiencing in my forties? You know, I met my current husband when I was 40, I had just turned 40. I turned 45 this year and I don't want to live my life in secrecy. I don't want to be anonymous all the time. I, I like my lifestyle name. I'll probably go by Anya with this show forever. But but who's to say that my parents can't know that I'm talking about these things, that I like to explore these different aspects of life? And yeah, some of them are a little edgier than they may be comfortable with. They don't need details, but maybe I can say to them, you know, hey, these are the focus that I'm shifting my life in is I'd like to do more relationship coaching. I'd like to do sex coaching, you know, like they don't even have to necessarily know all the intricate details of my life to feel like they're getting a better, more authentic version of me. So I, I really identify with what you're talking about there and having, I don't need their approval necessarily, but just so that they know who I am at my authentic core, that's important. Yeah, I think, I think people would be surprised. I've heard uh, guests say that they were like afraid of mm-hmm. their family finding out and whether it was by choice or just being outed, mm-hmm. they were very surprised at how well it was received. Yeah. Um, so good luck on that. And by the way, I just want to tell your listeners because they won't they don't know your face. You're I can't believe you're 45. Well, I can't believe you're in your 50s. So. <laughs> <laughs> we are the new face of these things, Lena. Yes. <laughs> so I guess one of the things that I'm curious about, I mean, I've listened to a lot of episodes of your show, but you never know what the person on the other side of the mic is thinking as they're interviewing. And so my curiosity for you is what has been, what have been a few of the things that have been the most shocking to you? And like in terms of stories that you've heard or different aspects of the lifestyle that you've seen represented, you know, what, what are some of the things that have kind of blown your mind? You know, uh, sometimes when I go on a long drive, I will, I will go back and listen to an old episode because as, as a podcaster, you know, that sometimes when you're editing or, you know, you listen to it, uh, it's not the same. So when I go back and I listen, especially to the earlier episodes, I can hear like how naive I was. Mm. Like I didn't know, you know, whether it's uh, terminology or, or just accepting the fact that really this can happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So that always surprises me. One, one thing that really surprised me recently was I talked to someone who told me about, I, I still find it hard to actually say it and not, not have the guest say it, mm. but she's talking about how she had sex with another man. He comes in the condom. She brings it home and empties it in her husband's mouth <laughs> and says a husband loved it. Yeah. And 
like, like I'm sitting here today, I'm thinking, oh, like I'm not saying, oh my God, which was my response. Sure. It was, what? Yeah. But then I talked to her more and then I talked to the man. Uh Okay. I've talked to men. The husband. Yeah. Or the partner. Right. And when I got the explanation of why and the how, Mm -hmm. and I find myself actually understanding it, accepting it, like, you know, I'm surprised at myself that I'm not grossed out by the (laughs) things that I think every vanilla person would be like, that's sick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that anymore. Yeah. And the more I talk to people, like just yesterday, I, I was editing this episode where I talked to a man who has this secret, been keeping it from his wife of 30 years. Mm. He's never told anyone. I felt like a therapist, actually. But while I'm talking to him, like I felt like I understood him before he was able to even verbalize what it is that he means. Mm -hmm. And so I have a real appreciation of, uh, and it's not just tolerance, it's understanding. It's a really different thing. Yeah. It's like being able to understand someone and completely accept them. And I think, you know, going back to when I interviewed you, it's the same thing. And it's especially true in cuck relationships. Being able to accept someone mm-hmm. and and love them for that. So it's not just a, oh, okay, you're into that. I'll let you do that. No, it's I love you for that. I like mm-hmm. you, you know, everything that you are. Yeah. I love that. And so I really have grown and I can't tell you like how much I've grown. I was not just vanilla, but conservative and not judgmental in that. Okay. I think that's gross and I, I can't be your friend for it. Not that kind of judgmental, but it's the, how, what are these people? How can you do this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not like that anymore. And so I am, Oh, I don't know how to explain it. I just, um, it's a real freedom. And, you know, when I tweet and post about being open-minded enough to listen to another person's experience, there is a real freedom Mm -hmm. in being able to open your mind and being intrigued and fascinated by something that you would never do. Yeah. Right? I mean, personal growth is something that people talk about all the time. When you feel it, oh man, it's just, yeah, it's incredible. Well, what you're making me think about is, you know, I started out thinking I wanted to ask you about some of the transformations you've seen in your guests and maybe we'll still get there. Um, But what you're talking about here is a bit of a transformation that you've undergone yourself as you have learned other people's stories you carry with you, you know, in, in the lifestyle, or at least in my sector within kind of the cuckolding and hot wifing realm of things. We talk a lot about the word compersion, and I'm sure that's come up on your show before. And compersion is this concept of really having joy for your partner in them experiencing the joy of freedom that you're willing to say, I don't, I don't need to hold this from, from you. I'm here. You take your freedom and you do what you want and have your experiences as I receive joy from the joy that you receive, you know? And what I'm, I'm thinking it's a slightly different thing than that, but what you're recognizing in these people is, yeah, that might not be an experience that you want to have, 
but you're seeing, you're witnessing them in their truth and in their authenticity. And you're seeing that you don't have to want it for yourself to appreciate that they're getting it for themselves. And then in these relationships where there are couples involved, especially you're talking about the, the condom cleanup, you know, and yeah, that, that's something that would have blown my mind three years ago when I first learned about this. And then here I've done the same thing, you know, but what you're seeing between them is that for them, there is a connection point there and you're not seeing that thing then anymore as gross. Just, you know, of course it, it might be something that, that, that doesn't appeal to you, but you look at it as more of like an offering of a relationship closeness and re and, and communication that they're having and something that they're sharing. And it's like, okay, well then who am I to yuck somebody's yum? I may not want that for myself, but I'm seeing this loving exchange happen with consent. Big part of your show title, obviously <laughs> this is consent. This is, you know, love. This is, this is what they want for themselves. So I don't know. It sounds like you have seen a pretty good amount of personal growth as, as you've entertained and brought these stories to life. You know, there's been a shift in you, in, in you too. Uh, absolutely. And what I really would love my listeners and, you know, the difference between uh, perhaps my podcast and other lifestyle podcasts is that we have a good sector of our listeners there who are vanilla. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not just it's not a lifestyle they're looking for a lifestyle podcast. That's right. That wasn't what they were expecting when they saw that I had a show coming out. Right. Totally. But it's uh, I, I like the uh, separation of being a it's not the physicality of what we're talking about. It's the emotion. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like when you're able to see and recognize, oh, they're not doing that because he wants to eat come out of a condom. Yeah. Right. It's an emotional thing, yeah. uh, which I think is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And, and I I don't know. There are still things that surprise me. Sure. Of course. <laughs> you know, um, like, yeah, I talked to a couple. That's, this is coming out soon. A rape fantasy, mm. which I know a lot of people have. Yeah. Um, I don't. But they yeah. described to me how they played this out. And I, like, listening to them, I'm like, these people are fucking nuts. What? You did this? <laughs> I can't believe a woman put herself in this position. Right. So I just edited this episode. And now that I'm listening to it again, I'm like, okay, I, I get this. This yeah. rape fantasy was actually about trust. Yeah. And you, you listen to that and you're like, what? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but it, it, like, it makes sense to me now. So I yeah. don't know. Either I'm losing it or I'm really, <laughs> I'm really, be, you know, well, coming to understand a lot. I think that's, I think that's probably the case too. You know, I think it, it, I, I concur for, for myself in that idea. Like a rape fantasy isn't something that I could really identify with. Um, in fact, it's one of my biggest fears, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. for me, it's not, it's not that, but I, I do understand that the way that, our desires, our kinks, our fetishes, or for some of us, our orientations. I mean, my husband and I talk about cuckolding being an orientation for us. It's not really a kink. It's not really a fetish. It's just kind of who we are in our relationship container. And we understand that we come to life with all sorts of background, all sorts of interesting experiences, and those things are going to inform what we enjoy in the bedroom, right? Or in the dungeon or wherever mm -hmm. we're, wherever we're having these experiences. And so 
when you get to the emotion of it and to, in some ways, the psychology, I'm not looking to pathologize anybody here, but I think that there are things that make sense when you learn about somebody's background or life. There are things that make sense that could be really healing for them if they were able to have that play out in their sexual life, whether it's fantasy or reality. So I think there's a lot. One thing I do see when I'm I'm talking to my guests and just the feedback that I'm getting from the community, you know, um, lifestylers really want to be accepted, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to be, but at the same time, I still see a lot of judgment within the lifestyle. Oh, absolutely, right. Um, and so that is also something that that interests me. Be, uh, and so I really want to open up the conversation and talk about things that make you lifestylers uncomfortable. Yeah. Because, I mean, you need to look back upon yourself. Yeah. So we want things, and yet there are hard limits for everybody. I know that. Like, yeah. for instance, if you've heard me, I've the bathroom stuff. No, I will <laughs> never understand that. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So if you're into that and you think you can make me understand that, uh, please give me a call. But (laughs) there are hard limits for everyone. But I'm still surprised at how many people in the lifestyle still judge others who are into activities that they're not into. Absolutely. I would love to hear from you some some of the ones that you like there's there's some pretty obvious ones that I hear about all the time. So one of the thing that one of the things obviously we've been talking about here is that I'm in a cuckolding dynamic, but there is this dichotomy and this rub between men who identify as cucks and men who identify as stags. Mm-hmm. So there's that, and that's something we, we could talk about it if it's interesting. But there's that piece. And then I also often get a lot of I hear a lot of judgment around couples who are swingers as opposed to couples in other dynamics. And I hear judgment about swinging and I'm thinking, this is all really interesting (laughs) to me. And I think a lot of that rub comes from the community that I probably am in, in terms of cuckolding being a very female centric aspect of the lifestyle, whereas it's about our pleasure and our desires as women. Whereas oftentimes in swinging, it can be misconstrued or or misconstrued, depending on what's going on there, that it's more about the male having their needs met or their pleasure sought out. And so that women are often feeling like they have to take one for the team in, in situations where maybe there's a swinging dynamic and women will end up you know, swinging with a couple that they're maybe not really that attracted to the other party, you know, that they're supposed to be with male or female. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the man is the one kind of leading the charge there. So I hear all these like different like tug and pulls, but what are some of the ones that you have kind of encountered in terms of judgments of other sectors? Well, uh, the, the biggest one is the stigma against bisexual men, mm-hmm. um, which is actually really surprising to me. Uh, but then maybe again, maybe not. But, you know, the when you look at the lifestyle community, we're really just mirroring everyone else. Yeah. The same stuff that happens, right, in the in the vanilla public yeah. happens in the lifestyle community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, but, but that really just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, why? Why is there such a stigma right. against bisexual activity? There are There are people who say... Be, just because you participate in bisexual activity doesn't mean that you're actually bisexual. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I actually, I buy into that. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Right. Because it's just an activity. To me, I always thought that bisexuality meant you had a, like an emotional attachment, an attraction mm-hmm. that goes beyond just mm-hmm. doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the biggest one that that I hear all the time. And I really, you know, sometimes during an interview, I'll, I'll bring it up. Or, or people who say, you know, if your marriage can't, can't uh, withstand swinging, then maybe it wasn't such a great marriage to begin with. Well, that's really not fair either. Right. We all have our wants and needs and we all, sure. you know, um, and, and a lot of lifestylers think that. Yeah. That, you know, we're better than you because we can go sleep with other people and we're okay with sure. it. And yeah. that's not right either. That that makes us more evolved, right? right? That we have, you know, kind of conquered something that you're not quite really right. <laughs> willing to do. It's very like pejorative looking down on you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's really just the same stuff happens in every community and it happens in the lifestyle community as well. And, and I just, I, I actually enjoy seeing, I enjoy see, sitting back and, and seeing people really for who they are. I yeah. mean, sometimes you can't help, yeah. but feel and think the way that you do. And But hopefully with conversations like the one that we're having, you know, just open up some minds. Right. I was having a conversation with a girlfriend of mine last night who you've actually interviewed. And I actually think she was your top interview of 2021, Scarlett. Oh, she's fabulous. She's amazing. Yeah. She's one of my closest friends. And we were talking last night about, you know, just being open and honest about something within our own community. And I'm like, for God's sakes, if we can't be transparent and open in this community of right. we're all freaks and geeks in here. Like if we can't be that within this community, where can we? And what a shame if we can't. And so that kind of reminds me of what you were just saying. And I love the parallel that you drew that like, absolutely. It is it is the same things that people are judged about within the lifestyle community. That's the same thing in the world at large, right? And this thing about bisexual men, specifically bisexual men, because as a bisexual woman, nobody thinks it's gross that I'm bisexual. Right, right. <laughs> like more power to me, right? But like if it's a man um, and also the need to label people, because like you said, I think there are things that are considered, of course, like bisexual activity for people who aren't necessarily identified or oriented towards bisexuality. And that's a whole conversation in the cuckolding world. So, right. you know, we as cuckoldresses could make our make our cucks do something that is a bisexual act for our pleasure and to dominate them and to show power over them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that our cuck is is bisexual, but also maybe they are and who cares, right? Like, right. you know, it doesn't <laughs> need to matter. And so I yeah, I love, I love that. So you did say, you know, I, I initially asked the question and I'm, I'm glad you took it in a different direction because it's helping me reframe it. But I asked about, you know, what are some examples of ones that were really shocking to you? But what I think I really want to know about after the way you framed that up for me so nicely is what are what are some of the stories that have touched you the most? And oh, wow. in terms of the interviews that you've had or or maybe even people who have just reached out to you to share their story, although that's probably a little more personal and confidential than somebody who's been on your show. But yeah, like has what's tugged your heart the most? By far, my the my favorite feedback, and I've gotten them from both sides. I've I've gotten feedback from people saying, you know, you're going to hell for this. Why are you, you know? contributing to the, mm, you know, whatever. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the delinquency of yes. the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't block a lot of people. I'm very tolerant on my social media, but there have been a couple of blocks. Sure. Um, people have messaged me 
thanking me for doing this, describing how it has changed their marriage. And I really take that to heart. And I think for anyone who, I, I think it might be hard for some people to really get that because, you know, our conversations can be very funny, right? I, yeah. And, and I, I stick humor in, in everything. I stick humor in murder. Uh, that's just <laughs> the way that I am. But to hear someone say that I've made a difference makes me feel like this is worth it. You know, for all the people who tell me uh, I'm nuts, why did you leave a career to do this? Are you kidding me? When I hear someone say, you have made my marriage better just by mm. opening up a conversation. Mm. I, and, and I get so many of them that I'm really beginning to think that most marriages aren't happy out there. Yeah. People are like just, they're hiding in misery. Yeah. Um, and so those, that has been just the most wonderful thing that has come out of this is that people have reached out to me to tell me that, to thank me and to tell me that this has made a difference in their relationships. Also, I will tell you that most of those people are like closet cucks. Mm. These, and I will also tell you that the people who are messaging me are not the weirdo who like, you know, doesn't leave his computer. Yeah. We are talking about men with high profile jobs Men yes. with the blue check mark next to their name on Twitter. Right. Okay. Who have opened themselves up and like, trust me enough to say, hey, thank you. I enjoy this, but of course I can't tell anyone because how would they look at my job? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about men who are in positions where you're like, oh, him? These men who are so powerful and confident and strong in their yeah. daily lives have this thing that they can't explore or tell people about. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of sad because, yeah, you work so hard. Enjoy yourself in the bedroom. Like, right. Who cares what anyone else is doing in their bedroom? Right. Like, unless you're forcing it on me, I hmm. don't care. Right. And that's the way we all should be. Right. I mean, amen to that. <laughs> and I think it just goes to show how much kind of, you know, social programming and shame contributes to, you know, kind of where we are with all of that, right? And the concept that a man who is high powered at work, not wanting to have to be in charge at home is so foreign to so many people. But I think that when people allow themselves the opportunity to just say like, huh, would I like to not have to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders all the time, you know? Right. And for men who are allowing themselves to explore that, I think it's so beautiful. And then and on the other side, on the other side, you know, how many women are raised to not be a slut, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so in the beginning of this, what I was hearing a lot of is it's okay for you to want this sex. It's okay mm-hmm. for you to want a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If it's okay with your husband, it's okay for you to want it with a lot of men. Yeah. And that was something that uh, it, it's it's kind of parallel with what we're talking about, that it's okay to kind of detach yourself from social programming, cultural program, anything that you've been told that goes against what you really feel inside. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. 
So how would you say this, this exploration, this project, this job, this work that you're doing, how has it kind of shifted how you communicate with the people in your life in terms of curiosities or um, communication, opening up, you know, you and you mentioned that you're married and I don't know if you have children or not, but, you know, in that way, do you find yourself feeling less, um, I don't know, I don't want to use the word judgmental because I don't know how you communicate with people, but like myself, I find myself so much more curious about the people in my life and asking questions from a position of like, anything is on the table here, you know? So what about for you? Well, I've always been very, um, I'm, I'm the person where like everyone tells me their troubles type of person, you know, you're everybody's therapist. And uh, on top of that, I kind of, um, I, I take on, well, like whatever it is you're feeling, like if you're my friend and you're really sad and you come to me and you just spill all your troubles, like I take all that on me. Sometimes it's Mm -hmm. very tiring because then I feel what you're feeling. Yeah. Um, I, I always really take that on a lot. And my husband always tells me, you, you need to stop. Like some sometimes I have a very large group. You know, you, everyone has like a large group of friends or acquaintances mm-hmm. and then it gets smaller and then you get your core people. Yeah. So my big circle is like really big. Yeah. And I've been told by more than one person that said, Lena, you got to st- you got to stop rescuing people and taking people in. <laughs> and so I'm trying to get better at that. So I've always been very open with conversation. I love, you know, but what I have found kind of along the lines of what you talked about is I'm actually better with my close circle about asking and saying things that, you know, before I might not have even brought it up because I know what you're going to say, kind of right mm-hmm. thought mm-hmm. like, okay. I know he's not into this. I know he doesn't like this. I know this might piss him off. Before, I would not have brought it up because I don't want the, I'm not going to piss him off. And I know how he feels. I'm not going to say it. I say it now. Yeah. I say it. He still reacts the way I think he's going to react. And then what do I do? I kind of do what I've done with my guests. And that is, well, wait a second. Right? And so there's, there's more of this challenging them. Mm-hmm. that I may not have done before. Yeah. Um, and I I like it. Yeah. You know, sometimes it, it creates like difficult conversations. However, uh, my husband is, uh, is, is in finance. Okay. We have now come up with this rule because when I first started this, I can't tell you how many times, right, at the dinner table, I'm like, oh my God, honey, you should have heard. That's all I was doing because yeah. er- I, I found everything surprising. I found everything weird. I found everything shocking. Yeah. And at one point he just says, okay, I don't want to hear about it anymore. (laughs) So we came up with this rule and that is I don't tell him about my work. And this show to him is what I do for work. Yeah. So I don't talk to him about it. He has never talked to me about his work, you know, his finances and confidentiality and all that stuff. So there is a line there. Yeah. However, every once in a while, when I hear something that is so outrageous, I'll still bring it up. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I think he gets a little bit better about hearing me. Now he laughs everything off. Yeah. Before he was like, oh my God. And these people have your email? <laughs> <laughs> 
well, you're a public person and you're, and that is one of the things that is interesting for you is, yeah, you're out there. I mean, everybody knows who you are. And so you're not, you're not, I, you know, anonymous the way that some of us are navigating the lifestyle because that's not where you are. Right. And so I can just tell you that, you know, it's, it's done nothing but have been, it's done nothing but has been good for me. Yeah. It really, really has. And when I look at, you know, as a podcaster, I'm sure you look at your analytics and you see how many people are listening and what, and at first it was a, it was just purely a performance thing. Like, how am I doing? You know, now it's like, okay, there's interest out there, you guys, you know, like I don't do a lot of marketing. Like all the marketing that I do is what you see. I I tweet when a new episode comes out. That's it. Yeah. I don't buy ads. I don't, none of that. Yeah. And yet our numbers are going crazy. So that tells me there is interest out there, whether people want to admit it or not. Right. No, we're a world, we're a world full of kinks and people, (laughs) people don't want to admit it. Oh, what a pleasure it's been to talk to you today, Lena. So tell me, is there anything coming up on Consenting Adults or other projects that you want people to know about that you want to make sure that people are are keeping their eye out for? Sure. Well, I don't know when your episode is coming out, but you know that Cuck Week is coming out. I love this. I do know that Cuck Week is coming out. Okay. So Cuck Week is coming out. January 25th (laughs) to January 31st. Okay. So- and to me, I take this as a compliment. Do you know how many people reached out to me about Cuck Week? I love like that. And and someone said, someone said to me that they consider me, um, oh gosh, what is the word that they used? An advocate for cucks. And that like That's gives awesome. me the warm fuzzies, right? I mean, yeah. someone else who doesn't understand was would be what? Yeah. That that makes me feel really good. And yeah. I like that. I like that I'm coming from this, I hope, in a very caring way. I'm not exploiting someone's kinks. Yeah. To me, this is like important. Yeah. It brings people joy. And the fact that some people can't talk about it actually brings people sadness. I mean, I think that we're doing something really important here. And sex is not something to be ashamed of. It's something that should be enjoyed. You have the right, the human right to enjoy your sexuality. Yeah. And the only way we can do that is to not feel judged and not feel shame for what we want. And so that's what I'm trying to do. And I know you are too, which, yeah. I love that. No, you're right. So Cuck Week is coming up. Are you doing anything particular that week? Will you air like Cuck episodes? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because I know, I I don't know, maybe mine will air that week. Who knows for you? But um, I'm also doing a cuck roundtable that week. I'm going to have four cuckolds on the show. And I'm going to be asking them questions. Right. So, And as you know, it's a spectrum, right? Everyone is different. So I have very different representations. Love that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, you're definitely active on Twitter. So I'll make sure that your Twitter is linked to and your show. I'll make sure that website is out there. And I just thank you for opening up the doors to so many conversations for people, because I think, like you said, there's so much interest for it, which shows that, you know, people may or may not want to dip their toes in the water, but they're certainly having interest about it. And hopefully the more interest that is shown and indulged in, the more open minds we have, right? And more kindness for one another and for each other's desires and just accepting people for who they are. So that's, that's the best place we can go, right? Absolutely. Agreed. I am looking for a cuck queen. 
I know one. Really? So I've been talking to one. She is, uh, she's a, she's a known person, mm-hmm. which is why she won't talk to me. Uh, um, gotcha. which makes complete sense, right? We're talking yeah. about women who are powerful, well-known. Yeah. Who in the bedroom was like, it's just the opposite of cuckolds. It's, it, it is. It's just the female version. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really would love to talk to one. Uh, I, it's difficult to find. They're rare. It is. It is. I agree with you on that. And so, yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know the one I know. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lena. And I appreciate everybody for listening. Go listen to Consenting Adults. There's so much interesting stuff there and just a gold mine to be unearthed. So thank you so much. And we'll talk soon. 